Welcome to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, your total Ontario hunting podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Cam, you can't do that, man. That's I'm Why? pretty sure that's John Dudley's thing. Yeah, but he has the coolest intros to podcasts. <laughs> he does. Okay, well, we'll send this to him and try and get the approval. <laughs> We're probably not going to get the approval, man. All right, fine. What's up, everybody? Ontario Outdoor Pursuit here. We are back at you with episode number eight. And this week, uh, as promised, we said we were going to talk a little bit on some different bows. Um, lots of listener questions. Uh, Marcello and I are going to get into some arguments, maybe not arguments, more of a discussion. Yeah, it's not an argument because we both know Hoyt's better. We, do, we both know uh, <laughs> I'm right. That was going to be my number one and Bowtech's better. But uh, we'll talk about a little bit of beginner bows, uh, basically like a good archery startup setup. Yeah, I want like high-end bows, low-end bows, kind of people getting into it, you know, a little bit of everything. So, let's start with a couple of questions. Sure. Gaber. You want to get into some questions first? Yeah, yeah, let's do it first. I like that. All right. So, Crownland Bowhunter wants to know about rangefinders and what we use. Okay. You and I actually have the, almost the exact same rangefinder, coincidentally. Yeah. But a different brand. Yeah, it's funny. The exact same casing, the exact same lens on it, same magnification, same reticle on the inside. Different brands. Um, Simmons? Sims? Sims. Sims is mine. Sims is yours, yep. Tasco is mine. Tasco is yours. And the only difference, though, is... You have the angle. Yeah, I have the angle compensator, So, it, and I think that's a great thing for especially bow hunters, because the angle compensator, when you're shooting from a tree stand or an elevated position, when you're looking down, let's just say you're sh- if you look at a straight line, it's like 40 yards to you, but if you look at the actual true horizontal distance, which is from the base of your tree or from where you are to the animal going horizontally that's your actual shooting distance so it's going to be less than your angle that you're looking at so i mean if you're looking at on a steep 40 yards it could be you're only shooting you know 20 yeah even just starting to buy one i would uh like mine was a gift but if i were looking into getting another first thing i would look for is the angle compensator yeah i know bushnell or yeah yeah bushnell has some nikon definitely rocks one yeah, but there's one that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. I think it is an icon, actually. My buddy Adam just got one. It was like 1200 bucks, but that thing is sweet. It has a stabilizer inside of it. That's a pretty high price point, yeah, but you're that's... getting quality. Oh, yeah, there's a and stabilizer. you definitely don't have to start out with that kind of price point. You can get into something for 130 bucks at your local Canadian Tire. Yeah, I think mine was Canadian Tire, and it was like on sale for 80 bucks or something. Oh, that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, it works pretty phenomenally as long as you use the same. That's even better than mine. I know mine was discounted. I got my mom actually got it for me for Christmas. Mommy. I know. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, she got it for, I think it was 120 That's not. That's not bad, though. But you got the angle compensator, and I don't. I don't know. Maybe mine was like, maybe, I think mine might have been a clearance, not a sale thing. Oh, that's a you got to keep an eye out for those. But You got to look for those prices. Yeah, I, I love them, though. Um, but I think that's a big thing. Angle compensator is huge clarity of the lens obviously that's pretty big and magnification which yeah i was gonna say what would you recommend to crownland bow hunter um magnification i i think i'm pretty sure mine's a four power and that gives me you know that's pretty good yeah um i've seen some go up to like six which is really high intense and yeah i maybe for a rifle hunter that's a little better because you're picking off really far items yeah. but for bow hunter you're probably not ranging much more than Depends on how much you range, too. I guess if you're sitting in the stand and you want to start ranging from, you know, 300 yards and in and you're constantly on the button. Yeah. You know, getting a higher magnification is not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. End of the day, though, I think find the best, and this goes for all glass products and magnification things, buy the best one you can afford in your budget. Because glass is something that you don't want to cheap out on. Yeah, goes I've for that. you know goes for your binos, goes for your scopes. The most money you can save for your glass because that's huge. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we got some more questions, I guess. Yes, we do. Shane Powers uh, wants to talk about whisker biscuits versus drop away rests. Okay. This is gonna be a good one. I like this yeah, one. You and I both run dropaways, and yeah. I'll, I'll let you run with this one. All right. Well, I'll start us out. I shot the whisker biscuit red, of course, because I love red accents on my bow. And it probably makes me a better bow shooter. That's how I feel about Probably playing. not, but... <laughs> so I shot the Trophy Ridge Whisker Biscuit. I still have it. But I quickly changed to a Ripcord Ace. That was the code red, is what I now shoot. The difference was how the arrow's leaving the bow. 
after a while I started slowly getting into archery my whisker biscuit came with my first bow so I you know stuck with it I shot okay with it but you're losing a little bit of kinetic energy first off when it's leaving the biscuit and secondly yeah, speed loss. yeah yep. you know there's if you think about how that arrow and your fletchings are going through all those little whiskers that's a lot of drag yeah I mean it's not like you're losing like 50 feet per second no it's but, not drastic but there's no, a loss there is a loss absolutely no it's not you can't argue it there is a loss a real big downfall is the whisker after a while will start to wear yeah. once it starts to wear it starts to deform and it loses that shape from when it comes out of the package yeah. so when that happens your arrow starts to fly so you can be shooting great for the first you know six months to a year however much you shoot how many times how many arrows you're putting through it when you are shooting yep you know, after time, that's going to wear. So now your arrow is going to start to fly different after yeah. a certain period of time. You're going to have to replace it, which sucks because it's more money that you're spending for no yeah. reason. And, you know, a big worry to that is I'm a worrywart when I'm in the range because I'm always trying to better myself. So, you know, if you're shooting great for a year and all of a sudden your shot starts to change, you know, you might even start fiddling with something else on your bow. Yep. That shouldn't be fiddled with because, you know, that's already set. Yep, people so, moving their sights all the time, but it actually it's a rest feeding. Right, away. and that that totally happens. I can yep. see that. So I noticed a big difference in the very first shot. I put the rip cord on, and I was super happy with that. I could put a group of three arrows. So just before I changed to the rip cord, I shot a group of three arrows on my whisker biscuit. I shot a group of three with the rip cord. Yep. Right away, I could tell you right now. You go to Antler River and you ask them because James knows how fired up I was about that rip cord. <laughs> I had, you know, my groups were touching. All arrows yep. were touching. So I shot another three. My arrows were touching again. Yep. James actually came around the corner. And he goes, that sounds like arrows touching. And I looked around and I said, yeah, they are. I was like <laughs> smiling ear to ear because I was just, it was so consistent. Yep. And from that point on, it's been so consistent. Yep. I think there's two things I want to add to the whisker biscuits too. Cold weather, that thing is a block and your arrows are supposed to shoot through that, you're going to rip veins off. Well, what happens if you're out in late November, early December, yep. and you're getting rain, sleet, and yeah. snow? If that, if those whiskers freeze up in the solid, your veins are gone. Absolutely. 20-yard like shots, which which are relatively easy, are now almost impossible because you don't have veins on an arrow. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that's the most important is with a drop away, it lets it's more forgiving because when you let go of... When you take your shot and your arrow starts to fire through your bow, if you drop your bow hand with a whisker biscuit, you're still in contact with that arrow. Mm -hmm. So if you start to drop, you start to drop, all of a sudden your arrow now is coming down, coming down. I mean, it's so fast and it's almost unnoticeable, but if you have a slow motion camera, you can actually see it. But if you do it with a drop away, what happens is as soon as you shot, shoot, that drop away drops and there's no contact with the arrow anymore. Mm -hmm. So if your front hand drops a little bit, it's not really going to affect it as much because there's no contact on the rest. Yeah. And I think that's that's huge. A whisker biscuit is something... Um, it's nice for beginners. Absolutely. You know and like, a lot of bows, uh, RTH bows, which yeah. we'll get into a little yeah. bit. A lot of those whisker biscuits will come on a ready-to-hunt bow. And there is nothing wrong with that. Get you, you know, if you want to get used to it, shoot it for a while. Get get a lot of form down. It's a nice time to get your form down. Yeah. Um, those whisker biscuits can range from I think twenty nine ninety nine up to sixty nine ninety nine is the highest price whisker biscuit, and that's for the um, adjustable. Yep. I can't they are they are really easy to set up. Oh, yeah, very. Um, and the other good thing is, like we said, is when they fade, which they will eventually. You can buy the replacement little. You know, yeah, the replacement's nineteen ninety nine for just the replacement, and yeah. that that comes with the whiskers, obviously. Yeah, the biscuit. It's like built, yeah, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> I would call that whiskers. Well, I mean, the biscuit's what holds it. Yeah, but it comes with the whiskers in it. We'll call it the biscuit with the whiskers. Okay, I won't okay, argue. Cool. <laughs> um, so that's my take on it. What um, dropway are you shooting? I like the QADs, and they're awesome. The QAD Hunter, which is doesn't really have the adjustability of the qad hdx but yeah those qads are pretty awesome um there are two styles of drop away rust yep that's the help me out here i'm having a brain for cable driven yeah and, and limb driven and limb driven so one attaches to your actual limb of your bow the other one attaches to your cable on your bow and they they both basically work the same way but they attach to different points on your bow yep i am super happy with the ripcord ace yep once you start getting into the dropaways, you're going to be getting into the. You can probably get into the lower end QAD. Is it the QAD that 
The QED, the lower end one's about 90 bucks. I was going to say, I think it's 79 or 89 bucks, yeah, the yeah. one that I'm thinking of. Yep. You're, you're okay. going to run around that price tag. And they go upward of, I think the most expensive I've seen is 349 Okay. See, the most expensive QED, and that's the HDX, is around 200 Okay, that's not. But bad. I'm I I don't doubt that you've seen one, maybe a limited edition. Kind so of the thing. Ripcord Ace Code Red. There is another. Uh, the Rip. My buddy Mike's got that one. Okay. I got to see what that is. I'll have to check in Antler River on that one, but I believe that one's one ninety nine. Okay. And that I guess it varies too. Like River. What bro? What bow shop you're at? Like, right. Yeah. You got to make a margin on it. So. Yeah, I would have to look up a little bit more on that. I know I did a lot of research on my Code Red, and I am. Super happy with yeah. it. Price point wasn't too bad. I think I paid one fifty for it. Yeah, it's. I find that the yours compared to mine, I find that the the little fork that sticks up to hold yep. your arrow, the actual part of the rest, is a lot narrower on yours. Yes, yours is very tight. I think that's a ripcord thing. Yeah, I noticed that on a lot more ripcords yeah. than I do on the Q80s. Yeah, so I think that'd be great for. It's great hunting, great um, target for what we do, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know how it'd be with, um, like if we put some fat boy arrows on there, Yeah, like some good thick target arrows, if it would fit. Yeah. In you there. might have a little bit more contact between mm-hmm. those forks. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I wonder if it would fit in yours. John Dudley's got a pretty cool knock on. Yeah. With, uh, that one was actually, uh, AAE makes the original of it. Okay. And so his is a little different. It has some different modifications. Looks a lot cooler cause it's in green. And black. Yeah. Well, it's knock on too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's awesome rest. Super adjustable. You can either do limb driven or cable driven. Yeah. Um, it comes with the option to do a, a cable or a rope. If uh, some people use the cable on the on the limb, but it's actually, as John said, it's actually so that better. is the knock on elevate. That's elevate, what it is. Yeah. And there's the new version. Yes. The two I think it's two point I think that's Well, what no. If you listen to his last cast, he said he's not doing the two point the one point the four point Okay. So what happens is I'll help you out here, Dad, is <laughs> we're we're on a name to name basis here. Um so he makes these little mods and touches to his a lot of his products, I guess, and one uh one comment that a listener had was um, how do I know I'm getting the most recent product? And I don't want to take away from your cast here, John, but, um, just want to throw that out there for our listeners in Ontario. Um, all the things that John Dudley does are, uh, relevant and recent to whatever he has for sale. So whatever he's selling has all the specs, um, that he's already done to his stuff. So, are you getting the most recent? Yes, you are. Yeah. And what I, I like about him is like, you know how some companies will put out equipment and then everyone notices some flaws in it. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't get passed or it doesn't get noticed in the trial and error process. It's just, oh, that's a problem that we never noticed. I like that he changes things as they come up. It's like, hey, this is a problem with that. Okay, let's change it. Well, like you said, he's are always bettering his product and yep. himself. Yeah. He's got a diehard supporter and product purchaser i'll call it here mm-hmm. like i love the knock-on products i'll keep buying them well they're just they're quality yeah they're quality and they're and really they're a reasonable price if yeah right like, you look at some of the other things out there oh yeah uh you know we'll just we won't get into too much about it but releases um i've looked into a lot of thumb releases in the past couple weeks and the one that i'm most comfortable shooting is the two finger whether it be the silverback or the um, knock to it, yeah. and that's by knock on. Um, you didn't mind the backspin either, though. No, I didn't mind the backspin. That was Cam nice. shot his first hinge release last yeah, week. Yeah, that was quite interesting. So that was good. James came around the corner at Antler River and he looked at us. I was like, "It's his first time he with the hinge laughing. release." Yeah, well, I don't know how everyone usually it. punches themselves in the face. <laughs> but no, it know. went well. Uh, my shot, just quickly on that, my shot was uh, I shot a couple five X right away. It was actually the first shot was a five. Next shot was a five X. Next shot was a five X. Yeah. I was happy with it. Yeah, so they're awesome. I'm just waiting for the uh, knock to it and silverbacks to come back in stock for knock on. And yeah. I'm going to grab one of those. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, as far as his products go, they're very reasonably priced. Yeah. I love them. Who else did we have here? We have a bunch. So, oh, there was lots. Uh, this is another great one. Uh, David Buck single pin versus multi pin sites. Um, okay, so I... This is great for me and you because this is pretty relevant in the past yep, year. Absolutely. 
So I ran a multi-pin for as long as I can remember. And what first, was that? First, pin, first one was a three-pin trophy ridge on my very first bow. And what, like a point two nine pin? Point yeah, point two nine a fat. So a just fat the biggest pin. pin. It looked like a yeah. highlighter. Yep. On and that and site. you know what? It was it was a it was a site that came with a bow that I bought. Um, so you were like painting pictures when you looked through it. It was like you're painting. Yeah, if the they year. put it on a t- on a five spot, it'd be like, yep, there's the outside four ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it did cover a lot though. So then went to a five pin IQ. Yeah. Which I did really enjoy, and I switched to the 0.19 diameter, or sorry, 0.019. Uh, switched to that one, really nice. I had my 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 pins, had a retina lock on it, great sight, whatever. But then I made the switch to a dual pin Hogfather by Spot Hog, which is. Just had to have the best. <laughs> it's a very nice sight. It's a very like nice sight. Um, so the thing about that, which I love, is technically speaking it works as, as a single pin where it only has the one stack and there's a pin on the top or in the middle of the site and that's my 20 yards or whatever i set it to and underneath it there's actually a double pin on the exact same stack um so that's the second pin that usually it's about 15 yard difference depends what range i'm shooting at but it's around that so in hunting i was really worried because the nice thing about a multi-pin is if an animal goes from 20 to 30 Easy. You just put the different pin on them. I was worried about, oh, what happens if, you know, I have a deer coming at 15 and all of a sudden he bucks it to 30 and stops there. Do I have to unclick my sight, scroll all the way to 30, click it back in, now I can draw. And the thing is, though, you get comfortable enough with a single pin that you can kind of draw back, anchor, and all of a sudden if this buck moves back, you know, 10 yards, you know exactly where it's going to hit. Plus I have the double pin, so I have the 15-yard increment there. I have everything marked out in my head about yardages when I hunt. So I think that's the easiest thing is it's not a big deal. It's nice for shooting long distances because I have on pay, like on my wheel, I have up to 100 yards and I, I love it. I was shooting, what did I shoot? I shot a 296 this morning with 32X, 31, something like that. But like it's it's a great target site. It's a great hunting site. I love it. I love single pins have more of an open picture so you can see more of the animal. Yeah, you got me on that train. Yeah, it's kind of a... You know, it's kind of a cluster ball when you have five or seven pins in there. It's getting kind of low light and you're trying to figure out this pin. I know I've, in like heat of the moment, not hunty, but like target, heat of the moment, I've actually chose the wrong, wrong ping. Like, oh, 25 yards? Okay, I'll just kind of put it in between my 20 and 30. And is that just a slight glimpse of a target panic, not so much a flaw in the sight? No, I, th- I think that's a common thing to happen to people that you... Not that it happens all the time because they're, they're kind of color-coded. They're usually different colors. But it's just like when you're in the moment, it's like, oh, instead of choosing your 20 and 30 and going between that, you accidentally throw in your 30 or 40. Or maybe not the top two, but maybe instead of your 30, 40, you're using your 40, 50. Mm-hmm. That's going to throw your shot way off. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's kind of an advantage of the single pin. I like that the single pin is just nice and bright, um, has the wrapped fiber around it, whereas many multi-pins aren't wrapped. Mm-hmm. They have a little bit of fiber optic, but they're not fully wrapped around like the spot hog is with a single double yeah it really brings your eye to the focus of your sight yep and one thing actually nice about spot hog was uh you can get different thicknesses of rings yeah so they have the single ring which is if you can imagine looking at a site you have the outside ring but they have what they call mrt which is multi-ring technology so instead of just a single ring that my peep, when I line my peep up with it, instead of just one ring, it's, I can't remember the color order, but I think it's yellow, and then it's green, and then it's yellow again. And so what that does is, when you're drawn back, if you're a little bit off, if all of a sudden you're outside of the, if instead of wrapping the yellow, you're kind of touching the green, you know you're off. Yeah. So it kind of helps you line up and, you know, kind of helps you shoot a little better. Kind of like how the IQ has, you know, the retina lock. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I actually scoped through the retina lock um, with the IQ site a couple times. Yeah. And I was quite interested in yours before I moved to uh, not a single pin, but less than a five pin site. Yours is really interesting, the one you have now. Yeah. it's different. So uh, I shot a Trophy Ridge Reaper. Okay. And that's a five pin site. I picked that up in the States for... 45 bucks back when I first started. So that would be six and a half years ago is when I moved to compound. 
Okay. And I went to the States, picked that up from Dick's Sports. Yeah. Loved it. And I shot okay with it. I mean, when... Was that a fat pin, 2.9? Yeah, it was a point two nine. Yeah. Yeah. So when we went out to Forest City Archery for the first time, that's what I was shooting. Okay, I didn't realize that. And it wasn't half bad. Like, I had to guess you had your spot hog and you were just killing it. (laughs) But I had to guess my yardage is pretty... You know, pretty substantially. Um, but now I got a three-pin driver sight, so it's a dovetail sight, and um, that's made by Rocky Mountain Archery. Rocky Mountain Archery has been around for a while, and they're on the big comeback right now. Um, they're a little bit out of it for a while, but they've come back with a few new sights. They have a single-pin driver, they've got a three-pin driver, and then they've got a five-fixed pin. Okay. Um, they're yeah, also they're coming back big on the broadhead, so if you got a chance, check out Rocky Mountain Archery. So my three-pin is basically I have a 20. I set my 20-yard. Yep. I set my 30-yard pin or whatever I want those pins to be, so this is how I have it set up is 20 and 30, and my 40, if you will is my floater pin. Right. So this pin goes from 40 yards to 100 yards. And in that range, that's going to allow me to, um, you know, shoot longer distances and adjust kind of like you spoke about on the spot hog. Um, Probably a little less distance because I've got a few more pins and I don't, I've already got a spot where the 20 and 30 are set. So I've kind of lost where, you know, if, if you kind of can think about it as we're talking about it here, throwing your single pin on the very top of your uh, sight housing. Now you've got this wide range of how you can adjust your pin. Yeah. If you've already got two pins that are set for 20 and 30, and now you can only adjust between 40 and a hundred, it's going to be a stretch in there. Yep. You'll, it's still very adjustable and it's, I'm so happy with it so far. Yep. I think it's, well, we're kind of on that. There's two main styles of, of pins, right? There's for sliders anyways. There's ones where the whole housing moves and the pin stays in the same location, mm-hmm. like my spa hog. Um, and there's ones where the housing of the site stays there, but the actual pin moves up and down. Yeah. And I was actually having this discussion with one of the guys on Facebook today. You get further distances out of your whole site housing move. Yeah. Because my I think from top to bottom, my, sp- my spa hog can move about four inches. Um, then I run some clearance issues and whatever. But if you're moving just the pin, you're not going to get much more than, I don't know, an inch and a half, maybe an inch. At most. At most. And so th- what that tr- turns into distance down range is, you know, you probably might not be able to get up to 100 yards or past exactly, 100 Exactly, yeah. And, you know, for the guys that are hunting and they don't care about the 100-yard shots, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But I like to dink around and throw arrows far. And it was fun. I was, you know, since that day we went to Forest City for the very first time and I shot my very first 3D, yep. I was like cello what kind of sites can i be looking at yeah to get me you know out to that range yeah and i found a i wasn't as much into the target shooting as you were and i didn't quite have that mindset like you did i was just i want something that you know when you call me up i can go out and i can compete with you i want something that's so hunting driven yeah this rocky mountain kind of gives me best of both worlds i agree and but now you got that target drive on you I know you want to do tournaments. Oh, yeah. Like the target drive is just, yeah, I'm right. looking at, you know, the it's new so Sherlock sites all the time because oh, those that carb- are sweet. Yeah. The new Carbonic just came. Well, I don't know if it's released to buy publicly, but it's been released. Yeah. That Carbonic is. Especially because you can get it color coded. Yeah. And John Dudley helped out with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can no, get it in red. <laughs> yeah. It's a sweet site. Fully it is carbon. Very nice. uh, super light. But, anyways, end of the day. Single pin versus double pin, what do you think? Or single pin versus multi, what do you think the biggest things that stand out are? Um, well, the biggest one for me was uh, what you'd mentioned, um, your plane of view. Yeah. You know, when I was looking at a deer and, you know, with five pins or uh, six pins. It's a cluster. It is a cluster. And, yeah. you know, the whole, it doesn't give you any room for error error. so how should i put that you can't fix any error that you may have um there's so many things you know windage is coming into play the angle at which you're you know seated if you're kneeled down if you're on a spot in stock um and once you get down to those lesser pins you're now seeing so much more yeah out of that site yeah i just don't i don't like that you're guessing between basically you're guessing between you know 10 yard increments 20 and 30 30 40 40 Mm -hmm. 50 I don't like that you're guessing. 
like a deer's at 35 you know you're gonna put it somewhere in between your 30 and your 40 pin mm-hmm. but that's not really i don't know it's not and at thing. the same token um on that note you might not always have the time to adjust the site to where you i would need, agree right yep and you may or may I not think have there's had a, instance like that. Yeah, I think there's definitely you can slowly kind of click it and change it. Yeah, I mean it would suck if you had to go. The deer comes closer, further, closer, further. If that's really going to happen, who knows? But I yeah. mean, it's definitely possible. Yeah, um, I would say that it's not a site to start out with right away. No, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think you really have to know your single pins to hunt with a single pin. Right. Just even getting practice. yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. You know, get your. You know, when we're out there, and you did really good, actually, when we shot that day at 3D. I love that day, by the way, so I'm always going to talk about <laughs> it, because I had a blast, and I shot really well. This is the day we became Marcello friends again. was pretty shocked. The day we became friends again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you were able to guess a lot of uh, the yardage increments, yeah. and you were able to adjust, and you were... You know, we were pretty well in the center ring almost all the time. I w- yeah, I would say 100% without thinking about too much, you and I never shot lower than an 8, which, I mean, isn't no. great. But combined, we never shot lower than an 8. I would say most of them were in the 10 and 12. And that was everything between 20 and 50 yards. Yep. And, and we was, even shot 100 yards. Yeah, and I was shooting at that time with that 5-pin. Yep. And I was still guessing pretty well. I would really like to go back now and see what it's like with the new three pin that I got. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one more, I think. Yeah, so the next one was we were going to talk a little bit on. Because I got one more to add. I got a done. list here. We always like to make a list and come yeah. prepared for so anyways, everyone. Keep, uh, everyone keep shooting us questions because we do love, we love talking about it. It fills our time and, you know, it's really fun and entertaining for us and we can help even one person everyone gets a shout out hopefully yeah i think so there's been times where it's pretty crowded but uh so one that was brought to our attention by crystal was meat hunting versus trophy hunting mentality and yeah this is so this huge yeah so this wasn't exactly like a, a question to ask on the podcast but this was a talk i had with crystal Redpath, who's one of my favorite people ever we had a giant talk about kind of what the mentality is of people nowadays that kind of bash trophy hunting or uh, sorry, trophy hunters who bash meat hunters, and I I think it's something that's just kind of sad. You know, well, what? I would like to stop you right there because I wouldn't myself. I don't like to even categorize categorize it as that. Okay, we're hunters and we're hunters. Yeah, like there's you know you're there isn't. I don't think there should be trophy hunters, and I don't think there should be just meat hunters. Yeah, I you know meat something you get at the grocery store and that's fine. Yep. Trophy hunters, you know, that's something you get playing hockey growing up as a little tyke. But you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to harvest an animal maybe at the highest caliber you can. So if a trophy is a six point for you, if a trophy is a button buck for you, if a doe is a trophy for you. I honestly believe that every single animal you take is a trophy in one way or another. And I can't say, and I know you're in the exact same boat because we talk about these things all the time. So social media, the killer of hunting, as far as I'm concerned, there's so many posts and I won't go into saying what any of these group names are, but there's so many groups where guys are bashing each other. Because, you know, so-and-so shot a six-point. Yeah, should have let it grown. Yeah. You know what? He could have been bigger. Why'd you take it? And this poor guy has just, you know, got his first six-point buck or maybe his first year ever. Yep. And I can tell you my first year wasn't a six-point buck. Nope. I'll tell my mind sure as hell wasn't. This guy's, you know, over the moon happy and people are just ripping him apart. He yep. wants to share it with everyone. And I hate to see that <laughs> because I hate it. I hate seeing it. I like when people are like, oh, I got this awesome four-pointer. And you know what? Sometimes, me personally, am I going to go and shoot a four-pointer? No, I've passed on them now. Like, mm-hmm. But I would never, ever rip on someone for doing it. No. And that's not what I want to see. I mean, obviously, the guys are going to shoot, guys and girls sorry, are going to shoot monster deer. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, I love seeing that stuff. And if I had a choice, would I want to take a monster buck every year? For yeah, sure. Everyone absolutely. Would. And, you know, I know, obviously, you got to pass the small ones to get the big ones. But at the end of the day, you're not, you shouldn't bash someone for it. You shouldn't make fun of them. Tell them that they made a wrong choice or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of wrong. It's pretty shitty. It is. It's very. And I. it's something I can't stand to see. So I'm happy that Crystal brought that up because yeah. that's something that, you know, it's a day-to-day thing that you see it on Facebook. You know, people can yep. be talking about 
coyotes. They can be talking about elk and moose and bear. And, you know, that oh, bear moose was is only, a big one. That's, it is moose a big is a one. Huge one. Oh, yeah. why'd you shoot that moose? We barely have any moose. Or calf, for example. Yep. You know, why, why are you shooting calves? Yeah. Well, if that person, you know, everyone's entitled to their calf tag. So if they got their calf tag and they harvested a calf, yep. and well, so, that's their decision. They yep. just put meat in their freezer. Oh, yeah. As long as it's legal and you have the tag for it and, you know, you obtain it legally is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. go for it. It goes for um, everyone, right? Like yep. uh, turkeys as I'm staring at the mounts on the wall. <laughs> you know, uh, I wouldn't say, my first bird was uh, Tom, but his beard was only seven inches. You know, Still and I remember getting chirped for that. Oh, you know, way to shoot a Jake. Well, that's fine. You call it a Jake or you can call it a Tom. <laughs> yep. It had a pretty sweet beard when I shot it. Yep. And it still looks great. And it looks even better on my wall. Yeah. You don't bash people for taking no. their own legal deer. Like if it's me and a buddy. Yeah. You know what? We can throw each other little jabs here and there. Like, for sure. Oh yeah. Nice deer last year. Whatever. You're joking. But at the end of the day, it's not serious. Like I'm As not. you have tag soup or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Last year's the first year and. I think oh right i didn't mean to actually yeah, thanks, have that man. go to heart right now no, no, I'll say last year's the first year in five years i didn't harvest a deer so hey it happens to the best of us mine was two years prior to that so that's fair yeah. it happens whatever but like see what i mean though cam like he, i thought he was like joking around with me and that's cool i can take it from him like when it's your buddies or someone you know you know it sure throws you jazz but when someone's going out there and kind of throwing themselves out on the platter on facebook or instagram hey guys i got this awesome deer like i'm so pumped Oh, you should have let him grow. Screw off, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I had enough for the. <laughs> that's like, enough. So I'm glad that was talked about, and I'm glad that's out of the way. So yep. if anyone, you guys see it, and, you know, a four-point or a six-point's not really what you would have taken. Yeah. And, you know, Joe from Northern Ontario just took his first buck. Let him enjoy that. You know, that is his trophy. Oh, 100%. You know. I just, I always think back to the day I shot my first deer and I don't even know if I could call her a doe <laughs> because she was, you know, she was, I think 90 pounds. Whatever. You had the tag for it though. I had the tag. How pumped were you? I was ecstatic. Side note. How delicious was that? The yeah. pepperettes I got out of that after I was like, I would do that again. Yeah. That was delicious. And I mean, the year after the deer got bigger and yeah. bigger and you know, I've passed on a lot of deer and that's just because I've you know, I've become more particular yep. if, you know, I know what I'm kind, I know what I'm doing yep. out there and I know how to call in and I know how to, you know, communicate with them to a certain extent. And throughout the beginning of the season, I'll see lots of does. I'll see a lot of early year bucks and, you know, I like to see what they're doing. I like to see how they're feeding, where they're coming from. Yep. And I just hope that, you know, if I let them pass and, you know, be a little healthier. The does reproduce some more. One of those big boys are going to come along, and I don't mind waiting for it. I don't mind sitting in a tree yep. stand. Exactly. End of the day, though, don't bash little guys. No, like, absolutely. Um, I got one more, and then we're going to get into Let's hear it. some good talks. Um, so this is a cool little discussion I had with a guy named Tommy Land. Um, it was good talking with you, man. I really did appreciate that. Um, so he wants to talk about arrow tuning, bow tuning, broadhead tuning with flight. Um, he's saying too many people shoot untuned bow and arrow setups that they just screw on a broadhead or miss or wound a deer and then turn around and blame it on the broadhead. And I think he's absolutely right. The guys that take their field points out, shoot all, shoot, maybe not shoot all year, but shoot a couple times, yeah. whatever, screw on their brand new broadhead, never shoot it and go shoot a deer. Yep. And then they get upset when they don't hit, when they don't hit it properly and doesn't kill it. So for those people shooting, um, what would you say is kind of the best way to shoot those broadheads if you've got a target, you know, not always are those broadheads going right through the target. So yeah. what do you like to do when you're shooting your broadheads in your well, field? I think tip? you should shoot your broadheads. Oh, I don't disagree. Um, You know, don't just buy a pack and be like, yeah. oh, these are cool and throw it on. Go shoot. If you don't own a target, find someone who does that takes broadheads and go shoot it. See if you're off. You know, sometimes you have broadheads that more specifically the fixed blade ones and the expandables. Sometimes you're going to shoot maybe two inches left at 20 yards than your field points. Yep. And sometimes it has to do with the actual aerodynamics of the broadhead, um, the flight stability, if there's enough fletching to actually um, keep it balanced in the air. Stabilized, that's the word I'm looking for. And I think that's kind of a user error. You don't go back and blame equipment for a poor shot because you've never practiced with it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. See, I can... If I make a bad shot on a deer, it's because I know I messed up. I'm not going to blame my gear unless, you know, 
maybe my bowstring exploded. End of the day, though, that still kind of comes back on me because I didn't check my bowstrings. But there's no real error in your technology as long as you're practicing all the time with it and you understand what it's doing. I think that's huge, though, man. Like, you don't go and blame the broadhead company because you've never practiced with it. No, I'll, I'll agree. And like you said, you, you know, you need to practice with those maybe not as much as with your field tips. But, but know where I they're, would never. Yeah, at least know where they're going to hit. Absolutely. Like, you got to know where they're going to hit. Absolutely. That's like buying a scope, putting it on a rifle, and never sighting the thing. Yeah, no, it's no different. Yeah, that's, that's what I would compare it to, yeah. Yeah. And if you're using a fixed blade broadhead in that sense, um, it is a lot tougher to. I yeah. remember my very first three blade muzzies that I got on there and I shot from, I had my field point on and I was shooting, sighting my bow in. I put on the muzzy and I remember it being about two, maybe three inches off. And I said, what the heck's going on there? Yeah. I shot again and uh, that was a relatively close group for three, four arrows. Yep. But that's not where I was shooting with my field tip. So what's yeah, going on here? Exactly. And you know, it's, it's something that's, it's possible to happen. Either, you know, you're fletching, you didn't have enough fletching for stability. Yeah. Um, just the actual aerodynamic. I know muzzies are pretty good for flight stability now. Yeah. But like, oof. yeah, the trocar is a great yeah. fixed blade. See, I did the same thing with my muzzies, except they were four blades. And looking back now, I should have done a four fletch on a four blade. Just kind of helps. I should have indexed my broadheads to my fletchings make sure they're in line um but you know i was younger why I was... don't you touch on that quickly like what is that okay so exactly? yeah if you do it with feel don't really worry about it. if you do use expandables it's really not as important because they're kind of tight especially rages um but indexing broadheads to your arrows so if you look down the rear end of your arrow most people are going to have a three fletch with a broadhead that's a three blade you're going to want each blade to be in line with its respective fletching um, that's just going to help with flight stability and that's just going to help with consistency because now you're not a few degrees off than your next arrow maybe the next arrow is a little bit more um, it just kind of helps keep things repetitive and as everyone should know archery is repetition and perfect practice makes perfect i think that's kind of sums up archery right there yeah um, but that's basically what indexing your broadheads to your arrows are I think that's a huge thing for fixed blades. And, yeah, I I think that's kind of our listener questions for uh, today. Yeah, that is. Was there anything else in there that... We definitely have some topics to talk about. Oh, we do. Don't forget about that. Everyone wanted to hear a little bit on bows. Yeah, so, as you know, um, I finally got my White Carbon Redworks RX-1. About time. Yeah, well, you know, good things take time, right? I like razzing you about that. Uh, whatever. I, you know what? Now that it's in my hands, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Make fun of me. Yeah. But uh, So I got that. You have your beautiful Bowtech, which is really awesome. Yep. Um, those are two very high-end bows, and I think they're amazing. With my RX-1, um, you know, if we're going to cover everything, you know, I have my QAD on there for the rest. Yep. I have... My hogfather for the site. You got a couple new Titanium Archery products. I did. So, uh, what did you get? So I got a string stop from Titanium Archery Products. Yeah. Um, obviously custom coated to green. Of course. Um, I bought two new Element X stabilizers, which are their more higher end. They're a thinner diameter stabilizer. 10 inch in the front with an 8 inch in the rear. Um, I really, really love that setup that I've been shooting for indoor. The quick disconnect, which is absolutely amazing, the best disconnect out there, specifically because not only does it unscrew super, super fast, but it actually dampens your shot and absorbs yeah. vibration, unlike any other QD out there in the world. Well, we did have uh, the 2-inch booster, which was available for quite yep, some time. we did do that. And now that uh, TAP has come out with the quick disconnect, this almost acts as... Uh, like a, I'm going to call it a two-in-one because you're getting yeah. your booster plus you're getting a quick disconnect. So whereas Absolutely. you can spend up to $60, $70 for a quick disconnect, yeah. you're getting this and your booster and for a around great $45.99. Great price. But yeah, so that's on my Hoyt. 70 pounds RX-1, beautiful green uh, peep sight in there, which Cam loves. Green, <laughs> green loop. It's a black. It's a black. It thing. is very nice. Yeah. I shot it's, it's it a couple of times. Thing. And like, cause I'm, I'm pro Bowtech, obviously. Yep. 
holding the Hoy, it was nice. It was light. I'm uh, a selling feature for me in a bow is the grip. Yeah. Bowtech did it. They killed it with the rain for me. Yeah. Hoyt killed it with their RX one. The red works and the grip. Yeah. See, uh, I like, love it. I love the grip because it's like a nice. When I first saw it, I thought it was gonna be a super rubbery grip. Yeah. Which I don't really like, but no, it's like a sturdy plastic. Yeah. Almost a rubberized finish. Yeah. Um, but it's very very fitting to my hand, and kind of wraps in there really nicely. Um, it's definitely a tack driver. I was trying to sight it in last week and broke a knock. Or yeah. bent the hell out of a knock. Yeah. Um, which was the first time shooting it, which was pretty awesome. Then there wasn't. We didn't do much adjusting to that uh, aside mm. from you know setting. We set the peep. Yeah. And that was pretty well. It after that yep. you were rocking. Yeah. I mean twenty door twenty indoor is pretty easy with the rest and yep. stuff. Definitely gonna have to do some hill tuning, um, for the longer distances and kind of make sure that my it's I'm properly tuned for outdoor season. Yeah. Um, but whatever, that's kind of small stuff. Probably the greatest bow I've ever held, though, for myself. Had a nice, um, uh, the, the like, back wall is finish amazing. to it. Oh, I love... Yeah, the finish on the carbon is actually rougher than I thought, which I like. It's almost like if you've got a Line-X bed. It's yes. almost like a Line-X I w- material. I would absolutely agree with you. It seems damage-proof, if you ask me. Yeah, it. I, I really do like that. It, yeah, it's exactly like Line-X. Um, has a really cool carbon design to it, yeah. which Hoyt's always done with the spiders. Uh, the carbon spiders, the carbon defiance. They've always kind of had that swirl to them. Kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but the back wall on it feels so good to me. I just love it. Um, super, super smooth bow. I've shot seventy pounds for two different bows now, and this one is like a dream. Yeah. It doesn't feel like seventy pounds. No. When you hit that back wall, though, what I found a problem with my bear was the back wall was very, very spongy. And so when I say spongy, I mean. If I went from my back wall to a quarter of an inch forward, which is kind of a big deal, I couldn't feel it. I honestly cannot tell the difference in that bear yeah. from my 28 and a half to 28 and a quarter. Because it would, it's so spongy. It would creep forward all the time, and yeah. I had no idea. With this one, though, it's almost like my Hoyt is locked in there, and that's because of the new ZT Hypercams, which yeah. comes on the Redworks bows. Um, actually, it comes... Yeah, ZT Hypercams also come on the Hyperforce, which is the new aluminum bow by end of the day though amazing bow if you have the opportunity to shoot one go and do it it's a head turner unless you're okay don't shoot it unless you're willing to buy it though because it's once you shoot it you're pretty sold on it um and if you live in beer london you know hit us up i'll probably let you shoot we'll be at the river so cello will have his bow out and if you want to come check it out or if you're just i offered a guy today to shoot it at the range and last week i said hey you want to shoot it yeah that's a couple times now lots of people have been asking for them they're a little on back order yeah, uh, they're taking a little ways to get out, yeah. or a little time to get out to distributor or from the distributor to the sales. Yeah, so you know, get your order in now if you've already yeah. shot them. Or yeah, and so I think the, another big jump that I did from my bear to my Hoyt was seven to a six inch brace. Yeah, and how do you feel about that? Well, I haven't scraped my arm at all yet, yeah. <laughs> which was actually like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna do that, and you know, maybe in hunting weather when I'm wearing buffier like puffier clothes, it might affect it. But that six-inch brace is awesome. What about it is a different feel, like, if you wanted to get into, like, a bit of a tech talk. So... Have you noticed anything already that's different in yeah, the brace Yeah, so back... Height? Oh, and in the brace height. Um, like, what is different? I do um, notice a speed difference. I don't know if that's particularly just because of the brace height. Yeah. But I do notice this bow is a lot quicker. I mean, it is a 2018 bow, so yeah. as technology It is forward, a quick bow. It's super fast. Um, three forty. I think they. I think Hoyt uses APA speeds, but yeah. Um, anyways, it's three hundred forty feet per second. Super quick. The brace doesn't catch as much as you. I would think. And the thing is, though, with the shorter brace, you're usually getting a less forgiving bow. Yeah. I'm starting to shoot really good scores with that. I've shot my Hoyt now three times. So yesterday I shot for the second time. Shot a two ninety six, and then today. This morning, I shot a 295, 296? I forgot. I texted 295, camp. I think. Might have been 295. It was just, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that's um, at five spots, so 60 arrows. I'm pretty happy to shoot 295 with a bow I've only shot three times. Mm-hmm. Um, super tack driving, and I mean, I'm in love with the thing. Yeah, good. I, yeah. I'm glad you like it. It's a very nice bow. It's yeah. got a great feel. So it's you, got a killer look. Yeah. So you have another high-end bow. Yep. Which is last year's... Um, 
flagship bow from Bowtech. Yeah, and that was 2017 bow of the year. I just want to throw that in there. Um, Do it while you can. So just on that, like, you like the back wall of your Hoyt. Yeah, it's it's there. So I want to talk just a little on the difference between the 7-inch brace height, which I shoot on the Rain 7, yep. and your 6-inch mm-hmm. on yours. So you really like your back wall, and you find it forgiving. I, I find that it's locked. Like you find It that doesn't want to creep. It doesn't... Yep. I find that every time I draw, it's there. It's not going to throw my arm forward. It's in a very comfortable position. So we're not too far off of draw lengths. No. Um, I and, think we're one inch apart. Yeah. yeah. And when I shot your bow, the new Hoyt, uh, what I thought was, I couldn't really explain it, and I don't know that it was the difference in the brace height, because it isn't too much, really, and you shouldn't notice yeah. that much of a difference. Yep. To me, it didn't feel locked. It felt like it was ready to go all the time, and I don't know so, if yeah, that's become, mm-hmm. I've become so accustomed to the seven but shooting the rain six by Bowtech didn't feel much different than my seven at all, and it felt very different from your Hoyt. So you feel that the Hoyt wants to take off from you? I do, yeah. Interesting. Now, there is a poundage difference I was as well. Ask, do you think it could be because it's ten pounds more? And it could be. Now, once it gets to that back wall, like it's an eighty percent let off bow as well. I think actually, I think it might be an eighty-five. Okay, so I, don't quote me. I. Th- it's either 80 or 85. Okay. So it's it's very, very similar. Yep. Um, and I don't know what it was. Uh, maybe I'll have to shoot it again and see what that feels like. Yeah. But maybe if we go back or when we go back to Antler River, I want to put you on my bow tech. Yeah. And you tell me if you feel the same thing as what I'm feeling yep. because I think you'll notice a bit of a difference. That's fair. I, th- I think people are kind of – everyone likes a certain feel in a bow. Yeah. Um, like I said with my bear, it was very comfortable. I mean, smooth bow, I loved it. Um, that was the flagship for 2014 for their single cam, the venue. Um, and the thing is, though, when I got to my back wall, I would notice myself creeping a quarter to half an yeah. inch. And all of a sudden, I'd look, and, like, I'd kind of feel it on my face and be like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I'd pull back again and be like, that just moved back half an inch. Um, and that that's a problem. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that you can't tell when it's going to, that it wants to creep away. Like, the creep is unnoticeable you shouldn't with, have that with the hoyt when it's back there if it starts to slip forward oh i know like yeah. i know when it rolls forward right and it doesn't because it's locked in there for me yeah um maybe that's just a me thing that i like that and i'm, I'm curious to shoot your bow again and yeah see we'll do a little swap and we'll yeah. see how it goes because it's just Ooh, nice we should to score know. our swap yeah we should <laughs> that'd be kind of we fun totally just like five arrows or something we'll also then have to swap releases because yours is set up for a Knock to it, yep. Hand Pretty release, and mine is set up for a wrist well, rocket. I can still, still shoot a wrist rocket. No, I don't doubt it at all. <laughs> I, I'll be excited. That would be really fun. That would be a fun day. Yeah. That would be a really fun day. Anyway, um, yeah, so I got my Bowtech Rain 7 last year, and believe it or not, it was probably the stupidest decision I made because I decided to do this through mm, probably the third week of October, right when bow hunting is yeah, getting you know hot. How, you know how people buy their bows at like, you know, the beginning of the year, <laughs> maybe the beginning of the summer, and they're like, hey, I need to sight this in. I need to go shoot a lot. Cam goes and buys a bow in the middle of freaking deer season. James got me hooked on it. Like, I, I <laughs> went into the Archer's Nook, and I've got this thing, so, like, I shot the Matthews Creed Wait, you went to the Nook? Or, sorry, I went to Antler River. I was going to say, we don't go to the Nook. No, we, we don't go to the Nook. Not that it's a bad source, just we do really... Like Antler River. No, well, now Chris is at Antler River, and that's kind of what I was just thinking there, but anyhow. Um, So I go to Antler River, and I shoot this. That was a big change from my Creed XS to the Bowtech. One, it was a drastic change in the ATA. So with the 28-inch ATA, that was so small, and I could just – I know I was all over the place with my hand. I didn't think it was a very stable bow. I also didn't have a uh, titanium archery product stabilizer at the time. That that actually makes a big difference. And it did, and I noticed it on the Creed when I had it. But when James let me shoot the uh, Rain 6 and the Rain 7, I was sold on the Bowtech. I did what I had to do, and I bought that bow. I think it was not even a full week later that I was back in there. I said, James, please order me a black Rain 7. (laughs) And I got it. But I did do it through a stupid time. Marcello helped me a lot 
site in and watch my form for me as well as Chris and James at Antler. You know, they were both there helping me adjust in every way that I could because they said like, you know, you're kind of dead center in the middle of the season. You know that, right? Yeah. And it was just, Wait, I, I had to have right the bow. Now? I just, I couldn't, I've never shot such a smooth, clean bow. Yeah. So I was sold and I've been shooting great with it ever since. Yeah. And I just keep upgrading and upgrading and I'll, I'm very impressed with Bowtech. I will probably have this for a while. Uh, I was very impressed also when I picked up the Realm a couple weeks yep. ago. I like the new grip on the Realm. That was impactful. Not more than the Hoyt, but I do like it. I would say it's better than the Hoyt. Yeah, um, but no, it was great. Yeah, I just... There's a lot of great products out there, and I guess we should probably get off our high horse and talk about a few other products, like yeah. Matthew's got the new Triax out. Yeah, and a lot of people love it. I'm not a big fan. So a big change for that high-end bow... Is um, almost nothing. Well, their ATA yeah. is a very short bow, so it is they haven't had their 28 inch since the Creed XS. Yep. And now they're back at it with the Triax. Yeah. My my thing with the Triax, and I'm going to be dead honest with you guys, is it's a great smooth shooting bow. It's super quick. Only thing is, it's other than the addition of an extra dampener on the of the bottom of the riser, it's the exact same riser as the Halon 32. It also has the exact same can system as the Halon 32, which is their concentric concentric cam system. That being said, I mean, it's basically a Halon 32, and in my eyes, the Halon 32 is the best bow ever made by, bow, by Matthews. Do I think it's a bad bow? Absolutely not. The Triax is an amazing hunting bow. I, not that I'm a big fan of short axle axles, but I do like that the short ATA, it's kind of handy for hunting, right? You can have kind of, you can be in a tree stand, not have to worry about your long ATA, hidden stuff, hitting limbs, whatever. Considering it's a 28-inch bow, it's actually kind of heavy. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Matthews. I I used to love their solo cams. I haven't been a big fan of their dual cams. Don't hate them, though. Great bows, but, you know, not my thing. I'm a Hoyt fan for life. So, sorry about all the weird noises in the background. Cam was kind of mixing up some new drinks and refreshments. Um, We're going Tito's, and V8's got a killer, like, not even an energy drink. Yeah, it's like a mango... There's a mango, there's a pomegranate blueberry, and it's like an electrolyte. Yeah. Because we don't have Killcliff, we just got to find what we got to, you know, whatever's on the shelf. Yeah, I can't wait for Dudley to listen to this one day and be like, what the hell? He's going to listen to this episode. These guys like Canadian podcasters, like... These are the Canadian John Dudley's. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, they, he might just say that. <laughs> yeah. um, Copyright. So back to the Triax. Not my thing, though. No, I, I don't like a strong, steep string angle because it's 28-inch ATA. I wouldn't go back to a short axle to axle like that. I've noticed an incredible difference yep. going, uh, so that would be a 4-inch difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. And, you know, I'm I'm way more stable with the longer ATA. Um, So we covered some high-end bows, some really high-end bows. Yeah, why don't we should talk a little on I want, some beginner bows. I want Yeah, I want to do, you know what, most guys have their mindset about what type of bows they want. Obviously, there's people that are always looking for a different kind of and brand. And this comes back to the Ford Dodge Chev kind Absolutely. of thing, right? Um. But I want to, yeah, let's talk about the people who are either thinking about it or just getting into it. What bow do they get? We have a list of a few beginner bows that are kind of great out there. Yeah. Um, most of them are RTHs, which we said are ready to hunt packages. Usually they come with a little stabilizer, a rest, a sight. Um, most of them have a detachable yeah, quiver. Yeah, I want to upgrade that stabilizer pretty well right with, away. With titanium archery products. Might as well. But for the guy who doesn't have much money, wants to try it out, maybe he's not going to like bow hunting. You know what? You can usually get them about $300, $400. I think we made a good list here that is going to cover bows from the 300 to 499 range. Yeah. And I, that's a ready to hunt. Like, you just got to yeah. sight that bow in. You just got to get some arrows. And like. get some arrows, and you're ready to get out to yeah. the bush. So why don't you read it out? Uh, so we got the Diamond Prison. Um, yeah. Your first bow was a diamond? No, my first bow was a Martin. Martin, okay. My first bow was a diamond. Mackenzie's first bow was a diamond. Right on. Devin's first bow was a diamond. Very nice. Fun so... fact, it was the exact same diamond he sold it to him. Oh. Ha ha. <laughs> that, that was a good one, Marcello. <laughs> um, the Bear Cruiser. Yep. Bear has very good entry, mid-level, high-level bows. I love the adjustability of weights on them. They're a really good hunting bow. Yeah. They're a sweet bow, but I, I th- yeah I think they're a they're a good entry level bow. Well, like we said, right? Like these are all ready to hunt. Uh, you pick them off the shelf and yep. you're not ordering on them and 
everything else, right? Yeah, they're, um, usually they're extremely adjustable for draw weights and draw lengths, which is what you want when you're getting into it because you don't know exactly what you yeah. are. Um, your bow shop should help you out, but I mean, you know, a lot of bow shops will have a ready to hunt bow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everything's going to be customizable for you know your draw length, your draw yeah. weight. A lot of these bows too, they're going to range from. Uh, I don't. What was your first bow? Mine was a thirty pound plus. Mine was my very first bow was forty to fifty pounds. Okay. So I mean, it's like bear, where bear usually has a ten pound range. Yeah. I think it's weird. If I could, sorry, just to cut off real quick. Matthews, your Matthews, you had to order draw length, right? Yeah. That's weird to me. A draw length and weight specific. And so, with Matthews, it's only a four pound increment. And at four pounds, you're maxing it out. See, like my Hoyt is weight specific. I, yeah. I know there's a little bit of a play in there, but it's basically, I ordered the 70 pound model. Um, but my ZT Hypercam is a number three cam, which means I can go from 27 inches to 30. Yeah. Uh, anyone wondering out there, always get the longest you can so if i had a 30 inch draw i would get the number three yeah if i had a 28 inch draw which is the max of a number two cam i would get the number two cam yeah. i have over a 28 inch draw so i had to get a number three cam yeah um, but always kind of get near the furthest range because then you're using more of the actual cam and not cutting the wall short yeah um, anyway, sorry, just wanted to... No, that, that it's great. Uh, another one was the Hoyt Powermax. Yeah, that one's a little bit more expensive, but it's still in the, you know, affordable price range. And again, this is just a list of ones that, <clears throat> excuse me, if you just want to, you know, type in on Google what a diamond prism, prism yep. is, uh, Bear Cruiser, the yep. Hoyt Powermax, they're all going to look relatively similar. Yeah. You know, they're going to have a bit of a different design. Yep. And then our buddy, Steve just got his hands on his bow which was his was a R diamond his was an rt8 diamond edge the diamond edge yeah okay sorry I and had to make sure. he's already done some upgrades on his he's got a q80 it's from you right that's the old one that no, used to have? no 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 he has an apache drop away okay so the apache drop away yep. he has he got the iq5 pin on there yep and, and now he's got a eight inch titanium, titanium archery products Presser Elite. Right. Which is awesome. So good for you, Steve, because that is... And he's already noticed difference. Yep. So you offered it to him <laughs> one day. He, you know, if you, Steve, if you're interested in this, um, you know, you know I'll let you have it for whatever price well, it was I, that you yeah, guys Yeah, I, I gave him a price, and then I said, you know, just keep it for a week or whatever. We only shot know. for an hour. He's like, I'm buying the stabilizer from you. No, like literally an hour after we left, he sent me money to my bank account. Yeah. Like he transferred right. it. I was like... No, dude, like, hold on for weeks, and no, it, it made a difference. I was like, okay. It does. <laughs> it is textbook how yeah. Sam has yeah. had these products engineered. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. You're actually running a back bar now, too. I am. I uh -huh. that. And we did well, a little playing. bit in the you're backyard. The back in the backyard. It was, it was good. It was, yeah. I was able to hold quite steady. It's a little bit more weight, but yeah. it's not much. Nope. I love a back um, bar. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to shoot it at some further distances and do, you know, 60 arrows when we get back into Antler River. Yep, absolutely. So just uh, back to the beginner bows, uh, the Bowtech Fuel yep, is that's another a great one. good starter bow. Great RTH. Um, so I kind of hope that covers a lot of a little bit of bow talk, a little bit on the social media side of kind of how our hunting industry is oh wait can I, can we stop before you stop the podcast can we talk about one more thing the surf and turf meal the surf and turf meal that was, the was most amazing so so last week we did a surf and turf meal on the podcast. i'd like everyone to comment on this and say if you know what a surf and turf is because i got made fun of by marcello and my girlfriend for not knowing no what a surf and turf I, is. I was yeah so i got made fun of by you and then I went to your girlfriend. I was like, hey, Victoria, Cam doesn't know what surf and turf is. And she goes, what surf and turf? Yeah, but then you kind of just said, like, <laughs> you didn't give off too many hints, and she picked up on it. And yeah, I was like, funny. I got no idea what you're talking about, other than I'm about to head out to the pit boss <laughs> and get my drink on. <laughs> um, yeah, so surf and turf, as most of you should hopefully know, is, like, the most common surf and turf is, like, a lobster tail and a red steak. Yeah. Um, something from the land, which is your turf. Something from the water, which is your surf. Um, so we did smoked garlic, uh, shrimp marinated in garlic wine, uh, some lemon juice, oregano, and some butter. Yeah. That was amazing. This recipe in the grilling cycle is actually up on YouTube. Yeah, and on our website, and yeah. I believe links in our bio right now. 
It is still yep. on the bio. We're um, going to have another one changed up, and that's going to be a surprise for tomorrow, so I can't tell you. No. Um, but, yeah, then we did – Cam cooked us his uh, ball roast from his deer from last year. Oh, and was it good. That was the – hands down, one of the best meals I've had in a long time. That roast – I know a lot of guys, including myself, used to do a lot of roast in the slow cooker. Yeah, I did too. The upper roast on the back leg and the back strap and stuff, I am never even going to consider throwing any of that in, in the slow cooker. Not that I ever put back straps in a slow cooker. But yeah, honestly, man, hands down, one of the best meals we've had in a long time. If you guys haven't, if we haven't talked about it enough, you got to get your hands on a Pit Boss. Oh, yeah. If you know what Traeger is, because Traeger's pretty big, yep. Pit Boss is the exact same thing at hey, half the price. I was going to say way more affordable. And uh, we all got a Costco around, so check out your local Costco. Still on sale right now. Yes, they are. The yeah. North London and maybe the South London. The North London for sure still has the 820 FB edition, and that yeah. is an 820 uh, square, inch. square inch grill uh, for 549 That comes with the grill. Um, you yeah. can buy some pellets as well. And basically, it's just a all natural wood. There's no gas. There's nothing. There's just an element that burns wood pellets, and it's the cleanest burn. Yep. And we get the best meat off of it, and yeah. it really brings out every flavor we get in every animal. Yeah. We cook. And you know, we're not. We don't owe them really anything. No. We're not getting paid to do this. No. We're not. They're not sending us stuff for to say that. Hey, you know, like uh, if you if we give you this, can you guys talk about it? Yeah. We have nothing to that. This is just honest to God between Cam and I, the best grill. We decided ever. once we started this cast, Instagram page, web page, everything we're going to talk about is the shit that we believe in. There's nothing that is something we're doing just because it's given to us. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, we've said it before. There's definitely products and companies that we don't like to use because we don't like them. Pretty um, much. Cam and I, I think. No, I don't think we did mention it. Cam and I did turn down a field staff position for a company. Yep. I'm not going to name oh, the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not going to bash them or anything. It's just it wasn't for us. Everyone out there was. <sighs> how would you describe it? Annoying. Yeah. To be honest, it was a lot of people. Like we applied for it, we got it. We're like, oh, this is awesome. But then we realized they had more field staff positions than they did followers on Instagram. Yeah. That's a red flag. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure they make great products, but we couldn't really use them in Canada. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, honestly, it's... Based on some laws and yeah. just... This, yeah, so whatever we talk about on here, it's what we've used and what we like. And we're not going to tell you guys to use something just because we're paid to do it or whatever. This is for the You'll, bottom. You, everyone will notice, too, in, uh, you know, one of the earliest casts we made, it was... Um, we had said, we want to share what works for us. And what doesn't. And what doesn't. And I think we stand behind that quite firmly. We've talked bow companies that we appreciate. Yep. We've talked bow companies that are mediocre to us, in our opinion. Yep. Um, we've talked arrows. We've talked tech and specs. And we've talked you know, everything to now social media. And here we are talking about grills, barbecues, yeah. just to cook our wild game on. Oh, absolutely. It all, everything relates to each other at the end of the day. It um, really does. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with that grill and the products that we use and what we guys, what we tell you guys about. Yeah, I mean, me and you, we both put maybe stupid amounts of research into every little thing we buy and money and, money <laughs> and lots of money. But yeah, we we try and find something that is a good fit for us, and we've done well so far. Nothing that I have geared towards anything in regards to hunting or fishing, for that matter. Um, I've never been disappointed with products that i've purchased yep um so i think that wraps up for episode eight um that does talk lots yes yep i'm gonna finish up with get a bow yeah get a pit boss yeah don't bash each other and be shitheads online yeah get uh, a pit boss for number four <laughs> because they're that really amazing two. I, that's two and four well it can be two and four because three was don't bash okay keep going you're doing good <laughs> uh, thanks man um you know just uh Hopefully you guys like it, and we'll, we'll uh, continue doing what we're doing. Next week is going to be an interesting cast. Yeah, next week we're going to have a sit-down with Antler River Archery. We're going to be able to go talk stuff in their shop. Yeah. Uh, we're going to bring them a little bit of a meal and 
kind of cook them some wild game. And, um, you know, if you hear this podcast and the next one's not out yet, message us with questions you want us to ask. Yeah. Number one, we're going to be asking one of the top build mechanics that I know personally. Yeah. That's Chris. Um, yeah. We can ask him anything we want. And we're going to be asking one of the best guys that we know, and that's James, who also works there. And So um, many years of uh, hunting experience in wildlife compound yeah. and uh, even a recurve. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking hunting. hardcore archery, um, a little bit about everything. I think we're going to get really into some tech with Chris. Yeah, if no one's really checked out Antler River Archery, uh, podcast number nine will be available in, in about a week and a bit. Yep. Um, and you guys can really get to know a little bit about uh, Chris and James, very down to earth. I'm going to start out now from this point forward. Our podcasts aren't a PG rating. We'll go with maybe even a PG-13. I was going to say 13+. plus. Yeah, 13+. plus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we never know where it's going to go. It depends how many Yetis we end up filling up, but... We want to thank everyone again. We have reached a an incredible amount of downloads. Especially for being less than two months into this. We are doing great. And yeah. the more you guys comment, uh, the more messages we get. The more you share it with friends. Loads of messages. You know, the more we can interact with you, we can share your comments. We can talk about what you need to hear, what you want to hear. And we're never going to persuade you in one direction or the other, but we'll yeah. help you try and achieve what it is you're trying to get. Absolutely. Hopefully. So, Hopefully. again, fill some tags. And fill always tags. fill tags. We don't <laughs> like tag soup, Marcello. Yeah. Um, just kidding. I don't mean it. No thanks. bashing. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, man. Um, again, thanks, everyone. And we will see you guys next week at Antler River Archery for episode number nine.